Right, I want to draw your attention to verse 18 of Proverbs 16. It says, Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to defy, divide the spoil with the proud. One of the most dangerous things that can happen to an individual or uh, a nation, a church, anyone, is for them to get lifted up with pride. The Bible is full of warning against pride. Here it's saying you are better off you know, hanging out with the lowly than dividing the spoil with the proud. And let me tell you something about the proud. They have their day. You know, they have their day where it looks like things are going their way. A lot of times that's why they're lifted up with pride. They've had a victory. They've, had, they've, uh, they've done something that they wanted to do. And so they're glorying. They're having a good time. But you know what? They're dividing the spoil. They won. But the Bible says you're better off with the lowly, with the humble, because let me tell you, the pride, they're going to get what's coming to them. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It says in Proverbs 6.16, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look. God doesn't even like that prideful look. And you know what? We don't either. You ever just wanted to slap that arrogant look off somebody's face? We all want to do that. God feels the same way. When God sees people that have that proud look, God hates it. God hates it. You know, we all like to talk about the love of God and how loving God is. But, you know, you can't have love without having some hate, too. And let me tell you something. God, there's nobody more loving than him. But you know what? God hates evil more than anybody else, too. And so just think about how much you hate that proud look. God hates it even more. And God's going to wipe it off the face of everyone. It's going to happen. You get lifted up with pride. God's going to take care of you. Lucifer got lifted up with pride. Look what happened to him. And so it's, there's, there's no doubt there is a guaranteed result when it comes to pride, and it's always bad. It's always negative, and we should have a hatred for pride. The Bible says in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. So I don't think we ought to be that way, but listen, we... We have to hate it. You know why? Because we fear God. And because we have a fear of God, because we know that God hates pride, we know that God is going to reward pride at what, it, what is due to them, and that is destruction. When we see that kind of thing going on, it, it ought to strike fear in us and cause us to hate that. Like, like, what are you doing? You see somebody lifted up with pride. Are you trying to get us in trouble? If we see that in our church, people getting lifted up with pride, it ought to scare us. And I say, you need to knock that off. We can't be that way because we understand God's going to do something about it. And just like sometimes maybe children who know their parents, they know what triggers their parents. If they see another child do something, there's kind of just this immediate, like, what are you doing? We should be that way when it comes to pride because we understand that if anything triggers God, it's pride. And we don't want that happening. We don't want, because it's, it's always bad. Pride guarantees trouble later. Proverbs eleven two. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. I don't know about you, I don't like shame. I don't like being embarrassed. So you know what? It'll help if we stay humble and don't get lifted up with pride. Because shame's going to come. Proverbs fifteen twenty five. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. 
Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone that is proud in heart, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. It sickens God to see those who are proud in their heart. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. I mean, it sounds like God's really clear about this. Just don't even go there, folks. Don't go there. Don't go there when it comes to pride. God will deal with you. God will punish you. God hates this. The Bible has literally nothing good. There are no good uses of the word pride, prideful, proud, whatever. It's just not in the Bible anywhere. I looked them up. I looked, I looked all of them up when I was studying for this. And there's one verse that some might think, well, this is an exception. But I want us to turn over there because there are no exceptions. Pride is always bad in the Bible. In Proverbs 31, 23, if you read this verse by itself, it sounds like it might be good. But it says, O love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. You know, so that if you're doing good works, you know, you can be proud of that, folks. And God's going to reward you. So here's a good use of the word proud, right? No, wrong. Because if, if we look at context, verse 17 says, Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things, proudly and contemptuously, against the righteous it's always the wicked they're the ones that are always getting lifted up with pride and speaking against the righteous and it says thou shalt hide them or i'm sorry uh, verse 19 oh how great is thy goodness which laid which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence and from the pride of man thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. So you have the righteous and you have the proud kind of in a battle with each other. And so here, God, he goes on to say, Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. These are the good and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And you've got to understand, reward is not necessarily always a good thing. Because we see in Psalms 137, 8, it says, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. So understand, Babylon got rewarded for what they did to Israel. But ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't good. It was really bad. Proverbs 26.10 says, The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth the transgressors. And a lot of times we use that word reward when talking about something good, but it's, it's basically they got what they deserved is what it comes down to. So there are no good uses of the word proud or pride in the Bible. It's always negative. And so let me ask you a question. What is the opposite of being proud what would we say the opposite of that is what word do you think of humble right and that's absolutely right okay humble is the opposite of being proud it says in james 4 6 but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith god resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble so god he's resisting or he's working against those that are proud but those who are opposite of proud those who are humble god's giving grace to them Meaning even when we're messing up and we're not doing that great, God's giving grace and he's doing good to us, even though we don't really deserve it. So I don't know about you. I would rather get what I don't deserve 
than get what I do deserve. When you're proud, you get what you deserve, and it's not good. When you're humble, you get what you don't deserve, and that is good. So, folks, there is just no reason for a Christian to ever get caught up in pride or lifted up with pride in any way. Now, something that's very important that we need to understand, though, about the word proud in order to avoid any confusion is we need to understand there is a way that we use that word today that I do not believe is a sin. And I think it's important that we distinguish this. And because words do change over time. And here's an important thing, because we're King James people here. But just because a word changes meaning, it doesn't mean our King James Bible is teaching a new truth. You understand that? Bible is a powerful book, but it's not a magical book. You change the meaning of a word, you do not change reality as a result of it. What we always have to do is look at how they use that word and what it meant when it was written, and it still means the same thing. The Bible means the same thing today that it meant when it was written and what it meant in 1611. So it's important that we get that. And if we change the use of a word uh, today, it doesn't mean we've like added a new sin uh, you know, to, to the Bible. So, um, and, you know, because every parent in here has probably before said something in, along the lines of, you know, I'm proud of my children. Okay? I mean, is, is that a sin? You know, have you ever seen your child do something? Maybe they hit a home run at a ball game or, you know, and, and, you, know and you do. You just kind of have that moment. It's like, that's my child, you know. And then maybe somebody comes, hey, you know, you should be proud of your son. You know, are you, are you supposed to respond? No, I'm not proud of him. That's a sin. Okay, we obviously understand something. There's actually something different being communicated there that's actually biblical. Now, the Bible does not use the word pride uh, to describe that. But I I think it's important that we understand this. So after you hear this message, you know, you see some parent, their child's graduating and they're like, you know, they do a post on Facebook, you know, proud mom or something. Don't go rebuke them for that. Okay, You, you don't have to rebuke them for that. They're not sinning. And setting their child up for destruction uh, when, when they do that. And I'm, I'm going to show you why here. Because I, I, I believe that saying it that way is probably not the best choice of words. Especially when we see how negative of a thing pride is throughout the Bible. You know, and so when our language started using the word that way, it was, it was a bad idea. I think we should probably try to get away from that. But I don't believe what people are trying to communicate when they say this is a sin because let me ask you another question because i already asked you what the opposite of proud is and everybody said humble well let me ask you another question okay um when a parent says they are proud of their child what would the opposite of that be ashamed or embarrassed right so obviously we've got a little different meaning here because an opposite is a different word with a different meaning too and, you know, we've all had those moments, too, you know, where it's like, whose kid is that? <laughs> you know, we've all we've all had those, we've all had those moments before. So we see there's a slight difference. Now, I'm going to show you the Webster's 1828 definition of the word proud. And then we're going to look at the modern definition. And there is a slight difference in there. And I'm telling and this is important to notice, too, because I'm just going to show you the way the word proud is being used today or the, the way pride is being celebrated today. Even in the good use of the word, it is such a horrible abomination. And so, uh, I think it's important we understand this. But in Webster's 1828, we're just going to look at the first definition. It says, having inordinate self-esteem, 
possessing a high or unreasonable conceit of one's own excellence, either of body or mind. So having that inordinate self-esteem, when, when, you, when something happens or you look at something that causes you to just think more of yourself than you should, that's proud, that's bad. Now, the definition goes on to say, a man may be proud of his person, of his talents, of his accomplishments, or of his achievements. He may be proud of anything which he bears some relation, like your children. You know, he may be proud of his country, his government, his equipage, or whatever may, by association, gratify his esteem of himself. He may even be proud of his religion or his church. He conceives that anything excellent or valuable in which he has a share or to which he stands related contributes to his own importance and this conception exalts his opinion of himself. Proud is followed by of or before the object. So basically, a lot of these things you mentioned here is often how we use that word because when it's your child, it's like, that's my kid. And obviously, we should not allow our children's success to lift us up with pride to where, you know what, I'm better than everybody else. That's not good. And so even when we have a moment where we use the word today proud of, some, of something that isn't necessarily a bad thing, when that causes us to get lifted up and to think more of ourselves than we should, we're sinning even in that. But I'm going to show you there in modern definition, there's actually a, a slight difference that I believe many times we're trying, when, when you're, this is what you're trying to communicate, you're not sinning. But the dictionary.com definition is feeling pleasure or satisfaction over something regarded as highly honorable or creditable to oneself. So notice how it says they're feeling pleasure or satisfaction over something. So these definitions are similar, but they're not exactly the same. There's definitely a difference. And often what we're trying to explain when we say we're proud of something today is the same thing that we see in the Bible, but used differently. And a great example of this, I think, is at the baptism of Jesus in Matthew 3.16. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You know what? That's what we're trying to communicate many times when you say you're proud of your children. You know what? I'm pleased with what my child just did. They just did something that made me feel really good. And I am well pleased. And so, some, you know, so like, I, I'll, I'll, and I, don't, I shouldn't use the ter this term, but you know, when I see a big group of people from our church out soul winning, as a pastor, that makes me feel really good. You know, and if I were to say, or for another pastor to say, you know, I'm proud of my church, they're out there on a hot day, out winning souls to Christ, you know, what they're really trying to say I'm well pleased. I'm looking and I'm real happy with what I'm seeing. Now, I can cross a line where I see that and I'm like, man, I must be a great pastor. You know, then all of a sudden now I'm getting myself in trouble with God. But let me tell you something. Whenever you see something, your family, your church, your, even your country, if you see them do something that is good and it brings you great pleasure... Don't feel bad about that great pleasure. That's okay. And, you know, it, there's some things that our country's done before 
that made me proud or well-pleased to be an American. But there's plenty of things that's done, too, that's made me ashamed, <laughs> you know, if, you know, for being an American. And, you know, there's some things, you know, our state right now, it's got a lot of issues. But let me tell you something. If we were to, if they were to, we've had like three governors go to jail. If this one went to jail, I'd, you know what? I would be well-pleased, <laughs> you know. It, you know, it, you know, our country, if it were to lock certain politicians up, I would be well pleased. And you know what? I might feel like singing I'm proud of being American or something like that. Right? It doesn't mean I'm lifted up with pride or something like that. I'm just well pleased right now. Now, I haven't been well pleased lately. It's, I can't think of the last time I looked at the country and I'm like, I'm well pleased. But again, understand that's often what people are trying to express. And so don't rain on someone's parade when they are well pleased with a good that is being done or something that is related to them. We see um, also in 3 John, verse 4, John speaking in verse 3, it says, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. John had worked with these people. He had tried to help these people. And when John heard that they were doing good, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. You know what? He was well pleased with what they were doing. So understand that same sentiment that we're often trying to express, but we use the word proud. Okay? You know, we should probably go to a more biblical term so as not to confuse anybody. But if you're that robot theologian and you hear me say the Bible's always negative about pride and then some grandma is proud of her new grandbaby, please do not tear her face off on Facebook, all right? She's just well pleased. It looks like her, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, and you're going to do that, okay? We all do that as parents. You know, when you look at your kids, and I, I'm not a grandparent yet, but, you know, I, I remember when my dad became a grandparent, let me tell you. You know, if you'd ask him, you proud of that grand, you know, that grandkid? <laughs> yes, I am. But the truth is, he was just very pleased. He was well pleased. It was, uh, it was named after him too. It was Tommy the Third. He was well pleased by that. That's not wrong. So it's important that we understand these things. And so, uh, you know, let's not condemn people for doing that. They're not violating the Bible. But I will say. Sadly, though, we are right now in a month where our country celebrates pride. I mean, it's literally called Pride Month. When Obama was president, he declared the month of June Pride Month. And, the thing, and specifically, what they are celebrating is pride in something that the Bible calls an abomination. It is, it is literally taking pride in perversion. So, I mean, first up, pride is just wrong across the board. But when we are celebrating pride with something that is an abomination, folks, how much worse is that? This is, it's so bad for you to just get lifted up with pride or, or, over anything, over, you know, you know, your accomplishments that aren't bad. You know, is, is it bad to make money? No, but did you know if you get lifted up with pride because you're making money, all of a sudden now you're in major sin. So imagine getting lifted up with pride because of your sin. Right there is just, it's, it's beyond comprehension. It's beyond our thinking, but it's literally where we are at in our country today. It's celebrating pride in something that 
is a national shame. It is embarrassing. Many, one of the reasons so many countries that we're always trying to help, like these Middle Eastern countries, one of the reasons they don't want to have anything to do with us is they see what we're allowing go on and what we are promoting, and they're afraid we're going to promote it in those countries. And let me tell you something, if we get in there, that's exactly what our country is going to do. That's one of the first things our country always does whenever we start interfering with other countries is we start getting on to them for their treatment of that crowd and trying to straighten them out on all that stuff. And that is, we have no business doing that. This kind of thing, it is a national shame. And so the use of the word pride this month, I believe it is clearly being used in a way that's in a a direct violation of the Bible. And even if someone uses the word pride with the meaning of being well-pleased, they are still in violation of the Word of God because in Romans 1, after it's been talking about men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat, it says in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, we know what God has said about this sin. We know what God thinks. God has not changed His mind on that. We're going to see that in a little bit. God has not changed His mind about homosexuality, not at all. And so it it is something that was punished, something that will be punished. And it goes on, it said that they would commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Folks, imagine, again, you know, because pleasure is not a sin. It's not wrong to have pleasure. If you're having fun or a good time or something is pleasing you, that's not wrong. But finding pleasure in wickedness, not only is it a great sin, but it actually makes some sins even greater and, and, and bring greater judgment. Turn over to the book of Obadiah. Obadiah chapter 1. The God is uh, pronouncing judgment here on the Edomites. And we're not going to go into all the history, but Edom, they had a big problem of how they treated Israel, how they looked at Israel, how, uh, whenever bad things were going on with Israel, Edom was always there to mess with them. Edom was always there to make it worse. They would enjoy the suffering of Israel. It brought them pleasure to see Israel suffer. And it says but in verse 12, But thou shouldst not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldst thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldst thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Thou shouldst not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldst not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. When the Babylonians came and they took over, Edom was there enjoying it. They're finding pleasure in it. And God looked at that and that made God angry that here these terrible things are going on and you're enjoying it. There's some things, folks, that should not bring us pleasure. And seeing the suffering of other people should not bring us pleasure. When you are pleased by that kind of thing, we've got a real problem. Proverbs 24, 17 says, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displeased him, and he turned, turn away his wrath from him. So Pastor Tommy, I can't help it. I hate this person. 
And if I see them fall, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, then you know what? Don't look. Don't look. Because when you are finding pleasure in the pain and suffering of other people, you're a horrible person and God's going to see that. And you know what? here's Here's one of the biggest reasons. God's going to lighten up on them because of you. And let me tell you, I want God to get my enemies and get them good. So I'm going to find a way to let it make me miserable. <laughs> you know, cause I, but because it it's, it's just wrong to find pleasure in that. Murder. Murder is always a sin. But how much more of a sin is it when someone just kills for pleasure than a person who may be in a moment of rage? Somebody loses their temper, they punch somebody, they fall, they hit their head, they die. You know what? You do that, you murder them. You murder them, that was wrong, that is wicked, and you deserve to be punished for that. But that person, they did it, they immediately regretted it. They're still guilty of that sin. They have violated that sin. But folks, would we tell a person like that, they're on death row, deserve to be on death row, would we not try to give somebody like that the gospel and think they could be saved? But what about that guy who kills because that's what brings him pleasure? You know, what do we say about somebody like that? He's been given over to a reprobate mind. Same sin. You know, both murder, but one person finds pleasure in it. That's so much worse. So again, you know, to take something wicked like homosexuality, and to look at someone, you know, and maybe because, you know, apparently straight people were supposed to celebrate it too. You know, all the companies are all putting the logo, rainbow flag on things. So you're literally looking at somebody, you're looking at their sin and saying, I find pleasure in this. You know, I, I, I am pleased with what you're doing. You're in violation of Romans 1, but you're not supposed to find pleasure in that. We, you know, when you hear about wickedness going on, when we hear about somebody going on a shooting spree, you shouldn't enjoy to hear that. That should grieve you when you hear about that kind of thing. It ought to grieve your heart. It ought to sadden you when you hear about wickedness. And let me tell you, anytime we hear about any kind of sexual perversion, it should bring grief and sorrow to our heart. But if it brings you pleasure, how much more wicked are you? So uh, there is no way to use the word pride in any way when it comes to homosexuality. There, there's no good way. It, it's, all e- it's all evil. And let me tell you something. You know, sodomites have always been a people of pride. Our verse of the month we've been looking at. Saul, we looked at it earlier, six, Ezekiel 16, 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride is the first thing it mentions. Pride. Fullness of bread. Abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy and were haughty and committed abomination. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Now, that actually sounds pretty tame, but the way God took them away as He saw good was He rained fire and brimstone on them. And guess what? Pride came before the destruction, didn't it? And isn't it interesting how today that is what they that is the word that they use to symbolize their movement that their their flag that they have it's literally they call it the pride flag where they have taken a symbol from the bible of god from of god's promises and they have they put that on their flag it's folks it's just outright defiance against god and let me tell you something 
When I see the rainbow, it reminds me that God keeps his promises. And you know what? I'm glad. You know, to me, they're just reminding me that God's going to destroy them. Because that rainbow reminds us God keeps his promises. And they and destruction is going to come. And let me tell you, it takes a great level of pride and arrogance to willfully commit any sin. So, you know, we all mess up sometimes. We all sin. But, you know, when you just willfully go and do something, when you know it's wrong, that boy, it takes a great level of arrogance, doesn't it? And here we have the sin of sodomy that everyone knows is wrong. That nature makes it clear that it is wrong. There's nothing normal, nothing natural about it. I mean, folks, people even understand that fornication and adultery is wrong. Everybody understands that that's wrong. But, you know, most people have enough decency to not celebrate it. You know, why don't we have, I mean, there's a lot more adulterers than there are sodomites. Why don't we have adultery month? You don't celebrate something like that. There's way more fornicators out there. Why don't we have fornicator month or even week? Because you don't celebrate something like that. You know, the, these things are sin. These things cause pain and grief to people. We've, we've never celebrated sin before. But yet, here in these modern days we're living in, we're literally celebrating it. It shows we think we know better than God. When we just violate His Word. We, I know you said not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It shows that we feel that we are Lord of our own life. I mean... These people literally have that. You know, who is God? Who is, what is the Bible to tell me what to do? It's the Word of God. It can tell us what to do. It doesn't matter what you feel like doing. And it, sh- it shows that there's just no fear of a God who's all-powerful. It just shows you are completely disregarding His Word, being defiant, and to openly and publicly celebrate a sin that God hates. It shows pride is its greatest extreme. And let me tell you, if, if they're going to if they're going to celebrate homosexuality, I think Pride Month is the perfect thing to call it. It makes perfect sense. It's what it takes. It's the only thing it's doing right. It's at least it's being honest about what it is. But you know what? Pride goes before destruction. And, you know, it, this this all lines up with the Bible. They're, they might be having their day right now. I'm sure it's a Sunday, it's a weekend. I'm sure they're having their parade somewhere right now. People are clapping for them. People are celebrating them. They're having their day right now like we saw in Psalms. But let me tell you, the promises of God, just while they're waving that rainbow flag, let it be a reminder to everybody God keeps His promises and God's going to destroy the proud. God's going to deal with these people. Malachi 3.14 says, "Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the proud happy. Now, I don't know. This is some of these things. It's like, is it a coincidence or was it on purpose? But isn't it interesting? I mean, what is it? What do they call homosexuals? Gay, which means happy. It's like we call the proud happy. It's like, do they do they just read the Bible and figure out what can we do? to be as defiant as possible. That's what it seems like. It says, they, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. And folks, it's like they're out there waving in God's face. His symbol. That, and being defiant and calling themselves gay. And, and celebrating pride, it is almost as if the pride community 
is trying to be defiant on purpose. And the truth is, they are. Folks, they've never changed. Nothing has changed since Sodom and Gomorrah. Isaiah 3, 9. The show of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Look at that. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. They did it to themselves, folks. And, and what are they doing? It's all about coming out, being out and proud. That's what they've been saying for years. That is what sodomites do. Because again, most people are ashamed of their sin. Folks, we all have things that we struggle with. We have all have things that we're ashamed of. Every one of us in here. Boy, the last thing any of us would want to do is to just have all of our sins broadcast for everyone to see. The last thing any of us would want to do is just to get up and tell everybody everything that we've ever done or someone else everything we've ever done. That's how, how we would be. We would be ashamed of that and rightfully so. But here, these people, they're proud of it. They promote it. They proclaim it. They give themselves a letter or LGBT or whatever to promote whatever sin that they are into. You know, we don't do that kind of thing. I mean, but, you know, no, I've, I, normal people don't find something they struggle with and then use that as an identifier of themselves. How many drunks have you ever seen that just, you know, that's the thing they're proud of, that they're a drunk? You know, how many people that are, you know, just struggling with gambling and are addicted to gambling? You know, these addicts, you know, they've got to, they have to humble themselves to go to these things where they say, hi, my name's Tommy, and they do their thing, you know, I've, you know, I'm an alcoholic. You know, these are, you know, they have to humble themselves to even say those things because normal people are ashamed of their sin and we should be. And thank God we can go to Jesus and he'll put it under the blood. But these people, they're not ashamed of it. They're proud of it. It's their identity. It's their, it's their identity to the point that they wear logos, they wear things showing that that is what they are. That's, that is not normal. But yet, it's what these people have always done. And the Bible says, woe unto their soul. They have rewarded evil unto themselves. They are going, again, they're going to suffer. So the very use of the word pride is, I, I believe, is meant and intended as a, to just spit in the face of God. The use of the rainbow, all their terminology, it is an attack on the God of the Bible. And that's why Romans 1.30 says, when talking about all these problems with them, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient unto parents. And let me tell you, you know who the biggest promoters and defenders of that crowd are? It's the atheists. You know, the, and, and most of your atheists today are flat out that just God haters. They're not just unbelievers. They're God haters. And that's why they always attack Christianity. They always attack morality. Listen, you know, why aren't there, you know, where are the atheists that hate perversion? Why don't any of them hate perversion? Because it's, it's normal to hate perversion. But yet, and, you know, and it used to be normal to hate homosexuality you know, until we've been brainwashed in the last generation. But again, atheists, because of their hatred for God, they love to promote anything that God hates. Why? It's their way of getting back at them. It's their way of attacking God. That's why they promote these things. 
Nothing has ever changed with the Sodomites. Nothing ever will. The end of their history will be the same as the beginning. And it will be the same as the middle too. And we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which is the beginning of their history, and it's a pattern for the future. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, verse 6, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. So, folks, don't tell me, well, that was in the Old Testament. Peter said God made them an ensample. This is, this is a pattern. This is what God, what happened there, what God did is a warning to everyone after that would live ungodly. It's going to be the same end result. Leviticus 18.22. So what about in the meantime? Because, you know, we're not there yet. The fire and brimstone is not falling yet. It's going to. We've read the book of Revelation. It's coming. So right, you know, where are we at right now? Well, here's where we're at right now in Leviticus 18.22. Says thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind; it is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which are before you, and the land is defiled, that the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. Whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. The Bible says that homosexuality is so disgusting it makes the land vomit. Think about that. They say, well, what does that look like? How, how does a land vomit out its inhabitants? I'll tell you, from plagues, from disease. And you know, I, I meant to have this, I, I forgot to get it, but if you read President Obama's proclamation that he put out about June being Pride Month, one of the things he taught in there is about we have to raise awareness to the disparities in the LGBT community, specifically with, you know, black transgender men or women, I forgot which. But and he talked about how much more disease there is in that community. It's like, well, what, so, I mean, so the thing is, they admit, you watch all these commercials that are, you know, this medication to help people with HIV, it's always got homosexuals on there. Why, why are they showing this? Because the land is vomiting out the inhabitants. That's the way it's always been. They will always have this problem. It is never, it, nothing's changed on all that. There are huge, huge disparities, which is code for the government needs to do something to fix it. What, what are they supposed to do? I know they thought they could stop a virus last year. That didn't go very well either. We all got COVID. You know, the government can't do anything about these things. You know, some, some things... You know, flus, colds, those are going to go around. But, you know, there's some diseases, you know, you could prevent by being monogamous. Man and woman, they're not having those problems. It's the land vomiting out the inhabitants. So that's where we're at right now. You know, it's, it's happening. But you know what? They're recruiting. They're always recruiting. They can't, they're not reproducing. They're recruiting. They're recruiting through their drag queen story hours that they're doing in libraries, in schools, through their parades, 
through the, the, the news media, through the television. I mean, just everything on television has something promoting this. So, folks, where does it all end? Because let me tell you, people are getting kind of freaked out about how much they're pushing this stuff in the schools, and they are. How much our government's pushing it? How much is being shoved down our throats in the month of June? Where does it all end? Well, you know what? The Bible does tell us what happened in Sodom Moore was a pattern. And this might be scary, but folks, this is just a reality. This is where I think it ends. I think it ends the same way. In Genesis 19, verse 4, it says, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And we know what they were wanting to do. They were wanting to sodomize these angels that came there. They were surrounding the house. But you know what? Thankfully, before these wicked, vile, filthy animals were able to lay a hand on them, God took them out. But you know what? And the Bible talks about how it was in the days of Lot. And we see in the days of Lot before God took him out, his house was surrounded by these people. And let me tell you, they're closing in, folks. I mean, this stuff is being promoted. More and more of it's popping up. I mean, thankfully, we live in rural... But it's, it's getting bad out here. The city's way worse. The city's, the city's way worse. I mean, these people, they're surrounding churches right now, assaulting churches. I mean, they, they are out of control. It's getting bad. And I personally think that when God takes us out of here, you know, it's, we're going to be pretty much surrounded by this. This stuff's not going away. This stuff's not, it doesn't go away without fire and brimstone. And you know what? I'm thankful though when I read this, before they could do anything to them, God stepped in and pulled them out. And I believe if we stay faithful, folks, God will protect us from these people. God will protect, God, could, God will protect your kids. You need to protect your kids. You need to stay right with God. You need to stay close to God. You need to teach them the right thing. But I do. I, I believe you know, God's not going to let, let them get a hold of us and turn our kids into these things. You know, we'll have to give them to them, like a lot of people are doing. These drag queen story hours, I, I saw some of the things. Parents are bringing their little kids there, giving dollar bills to their kids to hand to these men dressed up as women you know, it just blows my mind. Now, those kids, sadly, they haven't got a chance. When their parents are giving them to these animals, they haven't got a chance. But you know what? We don't have to do that, folks. We don't have to give our kids to these people. We don't have to, we, you, know, you don't have to put your kids in the public school system where they're shoving this junk down their throat. You don't have to let that stuff come across your TV screen. You don't, but, and you know what? They know that and they hate that. They, they are doing everything they can to stop people like us from preaching this kind of thing in church, putting this kind of thing out in social media. They're doing everything they can. You know what? They're kind, of, they're, they're kind of closing in, aren't they? But you know what? We can stay faithful. We can keep doing right. We can keep preaching the truth. And one of these days, Jesus is coming back, folks. He is coming back. That is a promise. And when he does, he's going to fulfill all of his promises. That rainbow that they've been flying around, it's going to come to pass. God's going to keep his promise, and they're going to get the Sodom and Gomorrah treatment that they've been begging for, that they have been asking for, that they have named themselves for, that they have patterned everything they do after it is coming for them. And you know what? Take comfort in that. 
And you know what? Don't let your heart be, don't let your heart be troubled. You know, when, when you see this stuff, just claim the promises of the Bible. I'm, I'm glad, you know, and, and there's some things I kind of wish it was my responsibility to take care of, but sometimes I'm glad it's not. And, you know, just let God deal with these people. God's going to take care of them. Let God deal with our enemies. He will protect us. He loves us. I, I promise you, God does not want you and your children defiled by these people. And it's not going to happen unless we allow it. And so, you know what? Let's keep standing against it. And I believe we will be protected. And I'm looking forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes back. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. As sure as the land is vomiting these people out, God is going to rain fire and brimstone one of these days and deal with them. And so let's take comfort in that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word, the comfort it gives. And Lord, I pray that, you know, during this time of year, Lord, when our country is just embracing abominations and celebrating wickedness, Lord, I pray you'll help us to just embrace your word and to uh, remember its promises and help us to take comfort in it, Lord, and help us to just, uh, during these wicked and evil days, help us to just draw closer to you, Lord. We, all, we know that no matter what, there's always safety with you and help us to just uh, always remember you're the source of that safety and, and comfort and all those things that we need. And, uh, and so, dear God, I pray that this message was a help and encouragement. In your name we pray. Amen.